Father, this morning we come to you, Lord. We come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Another day, Lord, the land of the living. Another day to fight the good fight of faith. Another day to serve the most holy and living God. Another day to walk in the midst of your people and experience your presence. Thank you, thank you, Father. This morning, here, night, other parts of the globe, different parts of the time, we commit ourselves. We come for the teaching of the Word of God, and then for prayer. And for both, Father, we need your Spirit. Spirit of God, I pray, you anoint us to speak, to hear, to pray. Thought you, Lord, we are nothing, and we can do nothing. So we just thank you, we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Going to Joshua chapter 3 and verse 10. We skipped it for a day and we will go back to it. By this you shall know. That the living God is among you. We saw that, no? There are many things which God says by this, how we, we will know. And one of the ways we will know the living God is among us is that he will without fail. That's an important word, without fail. Pakka. For sure. Drive out from before you. There are seven nations mentioned. We looked at the Canaanites, that's the trafficker, the, the businessman. Okay, the business, the fellow who only looks for gain and no loss. And when loss comes in, he shuts down his church and goes. <laughs> okay, there are a lot of people who shut down churches. <laughs> they left the ministry because they found there was no gain in it. Okay, like if I were to say in the pastor's conference, there is no offering, quite a few of them will not come. <laughs> so you need to realize in every field, there are people where, like even Dimas, ultimately, so going with Paul, there is no gain. It is only loss. So he saw where was gain and he left. So Canaanite worked with Paul for a long time. Canaanite called Judas worked with Jesus for a long time. So these are spirits, okay? And it's there in us and we have to, without fail, not defeat them. We have to drive them out, okay? And then there are the Hittites, that's the terror, the fear, the intimidation, and you see all these things. But we are looking at the Hivite spirit, the third one, because the one and two is there. The doorway to opening it all is the third one, that is the Hivite spirit, which is primarily the spirit that deceives. You will see that. Uh, Israel was defeated by the spirit. They were not defeated by, even Joshua was defeated by the spirit. And they could not do anything because they made a covenant with the spirit. So the deception will continue till the second coming of Jesus Christ in Israel's history because they made a covenant with deception. That till now they don't accept Jesus. So this is a very powerful spirit. Where Israel is today, and has been through its history is because they made a covenant with the Spirit. 
the Gibeonites, the Gibeonites and Hivites. So you need to realize, okay, it is not like what we think because this is how it happens. So if Satan cannot deceive me, he cannot defeat me. Okay, because his primary weapon is deception. That's why uh, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Jesus disarmed, okay? He disarmed all the principalities, He 2.15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So if he's disarmed them, what does he have left? How does he still control this whole world? He does it by deception. In John chapter 8 and verse 44, remember, Jesus had his confrontation with the Pharisees and he told them, you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks lie, he speaks from his own resources. Now he says, for he is a liar and the father of it. So the father of lies is the devil. Father of lies. Because it is lies that causes deception. Truth cannot cause deception. It is lies that causes deception. Okay, That is why uh, the, the prayer... No, lead me not in temptation, deliver me from the power of the evil one. And what does the devil do? He uses lies to tempt, like right from the beginning. It was a lie, did God say? Okay, and he tempted them, and he deceived them, and then he controlled them. That is the power of the evil one, and that hasn't changed, okay? That hasn't changed. So, the Bible, we have to say, you know, if he cannot deceive me, he cannot defeat me. How does he defeat all of us? It defeats us through deception. So what does he use? He uses lies. So the Satan is not called the father of destruction. <laughs> He's called the father of lies. He uses lies. We destroy ourselves. Okay. So if you go to the antidote you see over there, the antidote is truth. Unless we see the word of God as truth, we have to see what the word of God is. The word of God is truth. And truth is the antidote to deception. The antidote to deception is truth. If you go to Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 3, this is um, when Jesus will rule for a thousand years. Okay, that's the best time in human history on this current planet Earth. 7,000 years of human history, 6 is over. The 7th thousand, the 7th, the last 1,000 years will be a, like unbelievably peaceful, prosperous, no sickness, people will live long, there will be no crime, nothing. It will be a wonderful reign of Jesus Christ and the saints. That's because Christ is ruling, the saints are ruling, and righteousness is ruling. The other side, why it will be such a wonderful rule is this. I saw an angel coming down from the heavens, having the key to the bottomless pit, a great chain in his hand. He lay down 
he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him, so that he should deceive the nations no more till thousand years were finished. There is no deception during those thousand years. One side, positive side, Christ is ruling. The saints are ruling. The other side, Satan is locked up. There's no deception. So, if there is no deception, honestly, you know, there is no deception, we will automatically experience liberty. So, you have, the truth will set you free, yes. But in other words, what is liberty? Liberty is the lack of deception. Where there is no deception, there is liberty. Okay. And so when Jesus is ruling for 1,000 years, another thing that he will do is that the devil and all these demonic hosts are locked up. And there is no deception. So we need to understand that the white spirit will not be there on planet earth for a 1,000 years. So what does it mean to be deceived? Simple language. To deceive someone is to convince him or her of the truth or validity of something that is untrue or is invalid. Okay. What is deception? To convince something is true, what is untrue. Something is valid when it is invalid. Like if you look, I mean, if you, I mean, you know, you don't, and you don't have the time or the inclination, it is fine. There are a lot of people out there, even in the West, who listen to us constantly. says, we don't listen to the news at all because we get it from Pastor James. <laughs> we, are in, we are content with that. But if you look at all the movements that is happening, especially in U.S., there is one word they use to sanction their movements. It is equity. But actually, they bring iniquity. Okay, homosexual movement is for to bring equity into the society. Transgender movement is for equity. Everything, every administrative like orders of the Biden government, they always will use this word equity to bring equity into the society. But actually, what they bring is iniquity. So they are putting X something as truth and as valid, but actually it is a lie. And all the young people in the universities who are brainwashed, they receive the lie as truth and they get deceived. Okay, okay they're absolutely convinced and they're very, their emotions are all pumped up and they're marching on the streets, overturning things and burning and all kind of things, all pumped up. But you know what? It's neither true nor valid. But it has been sold to us. That is what God said. A day will come and they will call good evil and evil good. How can you call good evil unless it is sold as true and valid? And you buy it. And you buy it. Okay, so we need to understand what is deception or how do you get deceived? You have to convince that person of the truth or validity of something that is untrue and is invalid. Example, we go to the book of Joshua chapter 9, verses 3 to 13, and then 14. When the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and I, okay, they heard, 
what Joshua had done and they realized, you know what, we cannot fight them and they are God. It's not possible. So what do do? They worked craftily. That's what devil is. Devil is a very crafty person. Okay, He actually knows, even the smallest little child here, if that child believes what God says, then it is very difficult to defeat the child. So he will work very craftily. That's how it begins. The serpent was more subtle, cunning than the others. Okay, so he was very careful. He didn't go to Adam. He went to Eve because he knew Eve hadn't received first hand the command from God. It was Adam. So second hand, when you receive anything second hand, when you don't read the word of God on your own and you're depending upon somebody else to give you an interpretation, you are always on the road to getting deceived. Word of God should be personal and then you should listen to others. Yes, not so the problem is Eve hasn't heard. She, yeah, she has heard from Adam. Okay, Adam, and that's only one thing God told, "Don't do." So when Adam tells that, she has to ask multiple times. What is that God said? Don't do. Make it very clear. I don't want any confusion here. What did God say? Don't do. God said, "Do ten things. No issues. Don't do this one thing." Those. Don't do things like, you know, you have the entire law in the old covenant, but the Ten Commandments is projected. These ten things, be careful to do and not to do. So if you ask anybody, they will see Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Why? Because that is important. So that is where this fellow craftily comes. And he asked this question, did God say... Very, the, the question is uh, addressed very craftily. I don't know Deepika is here. But good lawyers are very crafty lawyers. Very crafty lawyers. They will put that fellow in the witness box and then he will ask what is called leading questions. And the other fellow will object immediately when he sees a question. Your honor, it's a leading question, object. Because if that fellow foolishly answers, he's caught in the trap. Because now he, come, he has already sworn to say nothing but the truth and he has committed felony. That's how they catch you. Okay? So you have to understand, you are trapped by our own words. Okay? This is how it works. Okay? That's how we get. So these fellows worked very craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. They are not ambassadors. They are their enemies. But they pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks on their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, old garments on themselves. All the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. They went to Joshua to the camp at Gilgal and said to him and to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country. Now therefore make a covenant with us. Then the men of the Israel said to the Hivites, These are Hivites. These are deceivers. Perhaps you dwell among us. How can we make a covenant with you? He says, How can you make? God said, Don't make a covenant with anybody in this land. Maybe you are from this land. How do we make a covenant with you? But they said, We are your servants. Joshua said to him, who are you and where do you come from? So they said, from a very far country we have come. Your servants have come because of the name of the Lord your God. For we have heard of his fame and all he did in Egypt. They didn't say what he did it in. I and Jericho. We heard, we have come from far away. 
We heard what your God did in Egypt. What did he do to Egypt? He did it 40 years ago. Entire format, conversation is all flattery and deception. Flattery is used to deceive. Everything is just we have heard. And then verse 10. And all that he did to the two king of the Amorites who were beyond Jordan to Shihon, the king of Heshbon, Og, the king of Bashan, who has said that's all happened many years ago. Therefore, our elders and all the inhabitants of our country spoke to us saying, take provisions with you for the journey, go to meet them and say to them, we are your servants, now therefore make a covenant with us. This bread of ours we took hot for our provision from our houses on the day we departed to come to you. But no, now look, it is dry and moldy. And these wineskins which we filled were new. See, they are torn. These are our garments and our sandals have become old because of very long journey. Actually, they are just three days away. Okay. So many things they did. This is the deceiving spirit. Okay, deceiving spirit. Okay, children. See, I told you, I told you about my story, right? When I was a child, the bathroom was on the other side of the kitchen. And we, those years, where we have no heater or anything, and the water coming from the mountains is icy cold, but you cannot shower and go to school. But the problem is, you have to cross the kitchen where the sharp eyes of your mother is there. So what do you do? You wet your hair, and you wet your legs, and wrap the towel and and she will catch you. (laughs) But what were you trying? Without even knowing that divine spirit was working very strongly, you wet your hair, wet your feet and say, oh, I just showered and it is so cold and the eyes of the mother captured the divine spirit and said, go right back or I will call your father. Then you plunged into the water. So this is there in all of us how we pretend, you know. We pretend we are studying and I did it all my years, kept the storybook inside. Then when that was caught, I put two nails under my desk to keep the book there so that I could put it down. We did all kinds of things, right? Because the Hivite spirit was there. Right? Okay, one of my nieces, okay very slow in eating. And after a period of time, we found this child is eating fast. Child is eating fast. But everybody used to eat in the kitchen and we have a big table and the benches and all that. And then just before Easter, the head of the house said, let's clean up everything. And so when the sheets were taken from the bench, layers and layers of chapatis were found. Children are very good at sticking down the toilet, their food, everything, and said, I finished. Now, where did this spirit come from? You were born with it. So, we need to understand this spirit is real. Okay? And it is there in children. It is there in adults. It is there in everybody. And the Bible, this is where they came. They deceived. And verse 14. What happened? <laughs> the men of Israel took some of their provisions. Look, checked it all very carefully. But they made a mistake. 
they did not ask the counsel of the Lord. That is the truth. They didn't cross-check with God. This is where we get fooled. See, the apostles who were all ultimately deceived and ran away, post-resurrection, post-Pentecost, they gave them over to two things. One is prayer, the other is the word of God, so that they would not be deceived again. Okay, two ways, primarily, not two ways, we look at it, okay. So they were deceived, simply deceived, so the pattern is there. We all get deceived because we do not seek the counsel of God. What is the counsel of God? One, John 17, 17, familiar, but let's go there because we need to know that. John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth, okay. So the antidote to a lie is truth. Your word is truth. This is the truth. Okay? This is where, this is the counsel of God. Then, John chapter 14, 15, 16 and 17. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide you with forever. The word helper is also the word counselor. The spirit of truth. So we have the counsel of God with us, in us. We have the counselor of God. It's not enough that we have the counsel of God because the Bible is not for private interpretation. Okay? I need the counsel of God. I need the counselor of God. Like now you have um, Deepika sitting here. You see in U.S., Advocates are called counselors. So the law book is there. And the counselor is there. So when he counsels, he's counseling from the book of law. So he will tell his client according to section this, 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 this. This is how we can argue your case. Counsel and the counselor. This is the counsel of God. The Holy Spirit is the counselor, the spirit of truth. Okay, he is the spirit of truth. So when you read the word of God, he will tell you what is a letter and what is the spirit. Because the letter kills. The letter kills. But the spirit gives life. Letter kills. Spirit gives life. You, you get the difference between spirit and letter? Kritika, did you get it? Do you know what it actually means? I'll give you. Because I've told you before, but simple to understand. Okay? I... Learn this in my class 11 before I was saved because there was an A.G. Gardner story about all about a dog. This lady gets into a public transport bus with her dog and it is the last bus at the night. There are only four or five passengers. She gets in with the dog and sits in. The driver stamps on the brakes and says, get off, dogs are not allowed. She said, I need to reach home with my dog. I will not get off. So he says, if you don't get up, I will not leave from here. There are only three or four passengers. Everyone tried telling the driver, please, we have no objections. Let us go. He said, no, rules are rules. One passenger got off after 20 minutes. Another passenger got off. Another Third passenger got off. And finally, the woman got off. When the woman got off, only one passenger is there. 
and the driver was feeling very good. See, he said, I kept the law. So the man said, yes, you did, but you broke its spirit. The purpose of the law that you should not take dogs is to not to cause discomfort to the other passengers. And when all the other passengers says, we have no issue with the dog, this is the last bus, please go, let us drop. You kept the law, but you broke its spirit. What was the law intended for? That is what Jesus is asking. What is the law and the commandments? What is the spirit of the law? Thou shall, um, thou shall have no other gods before me. Thou shall not make grave in him. And thou shall not thou. What is the spirit of it? The spirit of it is love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep the letter of the law, but you don't either love God or love your neighbor, you have broken the spirit of the law. It is worthless. That was the issue with the Pharisees. They kept the letter of the law, but they did not love either God or man. This is how people get deceived. I kept the law. God said, no, you you got deceived. Because you did not understand what is the spirit of the law. So there is the truth, the counsel of God. Second, there is the spirit of counsel, the counselor, the spirit of truth. Okay, because we need this. And then there is a third one, 1 Timothy 3.15. If I am delayed, I write so that you may know you how you ought to conduct in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The third is the church we heard yesterday about. What is church? It is koinonia. It is koinonia. You have truth, the counsel of God. You have the spirit of God. But where is it lived? It's lived out in the church. It's koinonia. The proof of the pudding is this truth is lived out in the church. If the church itself becomes deceptive, then we fall apart. That's why I said, this is not a program. Though we have a program. This is not a performance. This is a living organism. It has an organizational structure, but the church is not an organ. A home has an organizational structure. Father is there, has the head. The mother is there. The children are there. The firstborn is there. Servants may be there. There's a structure there, but it's not an organization. It's a home. It's a home. What is happening is life is being lived out there. That is the whole thing. You have a structure, but if there is no life, then it is pointless. So the church has a structure, but the church is the pillar and the ground of truth. So these three things have to fit in to escape deception. I need the counsel of God. I need the counselor, and I have to live it out in Koinonia. It is not lived out in your office. Office you are going as a witness of the truth. But it is lived out in your home of believers and in your church which is always believers. Home there is no guarantee. All are believers. But a church is a gathering of believers. That is why doctrine. That is the truth. The counsel. The truth. And immediately what comes is koinonia. And when koinonia is failing you have judgment. Putting it right again. You're putting it right. And then you pray. Pray for one another. Pray for the needs and God answering. So it's a very, 
Why? And what does the devil do? He comes into the church and changes this living organism into a performing group. Competition comes in the pulpit. Competition comes in the worship team. Competition comes in the prayer group. Everywhere he brings forgetting. It doesn't work like that. It work like that. He deceives. He deceives. Now you see it in workplaces, competition among employees. But when it happens in a home, like Jacob's home, God gave the youngest to one two dreams and everybody is jealous of him and they should be happy. It's our brother. It's my brother who has been given a dream by God that is going to reign. Thank you, Jesus, that it is my brother and not that other fellow who who's on the other side who hates me. It is my brother who will rule over me. Thank you, Lord. They didn't see it that way. Deception came in and they hated him. So you need to realize when it comes into a home, which is koinonia, which is comes into a church, deception comes in. We get deceived. And that's why these three things are there. What is it? The counsel of truth. That's the word of God. The counselor of truth. That's the spirit of God. Where is it lived at? What is the church? You ought to know how you need to conduct yourself. How to live in the house. This is the house of God. Even here when we are gathered. This is the house of God. Which is the church of the living God. The pillar and the ground of truth. Because the only antidote to deception is what? Truth. It's a truth that is lived out. That is why the devil came to Jesus and found nothing in him because there was no deceit found in his mouth. There was not. He was absolutely true. If there was one person from the beginning till the end who walked True, it was Jesus. Therefore, the devil couldn't do anything. Because to get Jesus, he has to deceive him first. But he couldn't be deceived. Because he had the counsel of God. That is the truth. And he had the counsel with him. And he was the beginning of the church, the head. He was the beginning of, he was the pillar and the ground of truth. The devil couldn't do anything. So this is how it works personally, corporately. This is how it works. So when it comes to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 and 14, when it comes to taking our stand against the enemy, 6, 13 and 14, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Okay, evil day, the day of deception. And from deception, you go farther. If you are not deceived, you don't go down. You go down only after you are deceived. Okay, so stand. And the first thing we are asked to do to stand is gird your waist with truth. That is the first thing. He says, if you have to stand against the wiles of the devil on the day of evil, the first thing you need is to be guarded, to be guarded with truth. First thing you need. Everything else is secondary. Everything else comes after that. But the first thing you need is guard yourself with truth. So this is how the devil deceives. The only antidote to deception is truth. There is nothing else. But truth in itself is three things. One is the word. Second is the Holy Spirit. Third is, how do you conduct yourself in church? 
the simple question to ask is what you were yesterday in the morning from 9 to 12 is it what you are the rest of the six days is what you are in church is that an authentic picture of who you are are you getting what i'm saying okay we come to church first we come to church late so that is an authentic picture authentic picture now you won't go to office late so suddenly the truth and the counselor is stepped back because you are not authentic because the church is where you should be on time <laughs> why that is the ground of truth if god is god malaki is where is my honor I am your father. Where is my honor? Okay, so that's where it begins. After that is worship. Sixth day, the week you didn't worship at all. You didn't even hum a song, and then Sunday you come back. Are you authentic? And then you pray. Six days you didn't even in your dream also you didn't pray. by mistake and then there you pray so passionately is it is it because we are living a life we are living a life okay and then when the sermon is going you eyes are never off the pastor your moving is movement every words is being taken down but through the six days you never read your word you never listen to anything and then when fellowship comes oh what fellowship i'm praying for you brother i remember you brother you are in my thoughts brother and all is false koinonia is false koinonia is life is false but if you can be true in church no you are actually true in church then it is possible to be true everywhere else that is where it happened that's what bible is talking about guard yourself your waist with the belt of truth so the devil deceives let's look at one way the devil deceives we had looked at last week but let's look at one way i want you to turn to james chapter 1 and verse 22 be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself So how do I deceive myself or any one of us deceive ourselves we hear the counsel of god what is the word of god the counsel of god the truth of god but we don't do it and what do we do we deceive ourselves joshua 6:18 and then 7:1 6:18 and you by all means abstain from the accursed things lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of israel accursed and troubled who's giving the instruction joshua through god through joshua is giving the new generation going to get into israel into jericho you will get it destroy everything and all the stuff should be set apart for god don't touch it so they all heard the counsel of god in chapter 7 and verse 1 but the children of israel committed a trespass regarding the accursing for akan 
one man took of the accursing so the anger of the lord you realize what is happening over there one man all heard he also heard but he did not do what he heard it's simple principle he did not do what he heard he did not do what he heard and the result thereby he deceived himself he deceived himself but the problem was the nation was defeated 10 and 12 10 to 12 okay so joshua is crying and weeping and all god said get up why do you lie thus on your face israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which i commanded them for they have even taken of the accursed things have both stolen and deceived deceived he stole and he deceived everybody by taking it a wedge of gold a wedge of silver and that babylonian garment he took it and he did under his tent okay in the midst of everything that's happening one man stole and he deceived the whole camp and they have they also have put stuff among their own stuff therefore the children of israel could not stand before their enemies why were the children of israel not able to stand before their enemies because there was deception no we know with children no we all have gone through as children we have seen it as all whenever one child has done something lied or done done something and then they don't see look at the look at the parents eyes they are very busy suddenly very busy doing homework and everything this dude never does homework hmm? is so active today or he starts cleaning the table and all kind of things i said okay there is matter okay dal mein kuch kala hai there's something here so what happens the the actual thing is that you are not able to stand before your enemies because you already lost israel was not able to stand and then the strength of the enemy does not matter you will be defeated now this enemy they are facing is a tiny little town called i they lost why because of deception and what is god's solution verse 13 is his solution okay israel has said get get up sanctify the people say sanctify yourself for tomorrow because thus says the lord god of israel now remember in chapter 3 he had told sanctify yourself because i am going to do amazing things in your midst but this word sanctify will mean different actions in different contexts now he says sanctify yourself now they have crossed the river after their first victory and first defeat what is that there is an accursed thing in your midst o israel you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you you will be defeated god solution no and this is where we need the counselor lord why is my prayer not being answered lord why is not break through not coming god will say there is one thing you need to take it out once you have taken it out it will come but if it is not there he will say it's a question of wait it's not your time yet i'll tell you but if he tells you have to that's why you have to be very careful to listen the counselor is the one who will tell you if god hadn't told this thing can you imagine joshua's plight 
they are defeated everybody's heart has sunk they don't know what to do because nobody knows one fellow has stolen and hidden it and they are living in discouragement they crossed jordan now they cannot cross back and on this side jericho is only called down a little town has defeated them big kingdom kings are waiting on farther away what are we going to do solution is very simple but you cannot have a solution unless a counselor comes and the counselor comes and says you have a lie in your midst remove the lie and be true victory will come you cannot be defeated okay so that was the solution and that is how it happened if you go to verse 21 okay this is a guy saying when i saw among the spoils a beautiful babylonian garments 200 shekels of silver a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels i coveted them took them and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it this is how he got deceived he got deceived okay this is talks about the the deceitfulness of wealth deceitful of wealth okay deceitful of wealth let me ask you this question you are going in a bus and then when you get one fellow who was sitting in the bus got off and went he left a packet behind you open the packet it's a bundle of 500 rupee notes what will you do he got off the bus has already gone 50 kilometers you know once in a while when a auto rickshaw driver takes that packet and returns it to the police station it is news because truth is news now because deception is the norm but that is not it was supposed to be god said your yes should be yes your no should be no that's all your word is your bond now we hear about this muthoot finance all indians will know no killing and all kind of things and all they do you know partner falling from the roof and all kind of things because they are multibillionaires now but do you know this muthoot finance was there during my grandfather's time and there was no paperwork on that day your chit fund they will come to your home and deliver your money because their word was bond their word was bond that was how they began now the brothers are killing each other how an institution corrupts all this marriages was a vow taken and there was no paperwork so no paperwork but the bond stood so no paperwork paperwork and all came later when government and marriage certificate for ration card and for passport and all where was this paperwork earlier but the word was there you need to understand how it how this thing happened so this is what god is talking about you know when i saw when i saw now now you have to look at something this is now we understand this now all this is happening do you know why in words 5 go to 7 5 
The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them before the gate and struck them down. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. They went to fight, they lost. Let me ask you this question. They went to fight, they did not lose. Will the deception ever be discovered? No. The only reason why this is happening is because the deception is discovered. You need to understand, in the kingdom of God, deception is discovered only once in the beginning. After that, God lets it go. In the church, in Ananias and Sapphira, it happens only once. What happens is the spirit of truth slowly starts withdraws. What if there is no defeat? I was telling Ma last night, we were sitting and talking. I said, do you realize when Jonah ran from God's counsel, command to him, he went away from the presence of God, everything fell into place for him. He went down to Joppa, the boat is waiting right there for him, going to Tarsus. He finds out there is a birth vacant. He finds he has enough money. Everything falls into the place. The only thing that changed his life was God sent a storm. Question, what if God doesn't send a storm? You reach Tarsus, you establish a ministry over there and you say, this was God's will for me. What if there was no storm? What if there was no defeat? We have to ask these questions because you know what? This is what happens. This is what happens. You know what would have happened? Slowly the spirit of the Hivite spirit would infiltrate the camp. By the time the conquest of Canaan is over, you have a bunch of thieves in their midst. Everybody is stealing. Hiding, hiding, hiding. Because they are winning anyway. <laughs> okay, This is where we need to understand. Because that's what God is saying. We have to be very careful. The whole camp would have been infiltrated. And the parallel is Ananas and Sapphira. If that, if you go to, I like that, okay. Acts chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. But a certain man named Ananas with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. He kept back part of the proceeds. His wife, also being aware of it, brought it, brought a certain part, laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay? And Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? What I said in the beginning, all three is happening. You have the command, thou shalt not covet. That's the counsel of God. It stands forever. Thou shalt not covet. This couple coveted something which was not their own. They saw Barnabas selling land out of the generosity of his heart, laying the whole thing at, and they looked at the man, looked at his gift. That's what God first looks. The principle is there in Genesis 4. He looks at the heart, he looks at the man. Then he accepted one's offering, rejected another person's offering. When they looked, they included him. Another couple saw that and said, this is a good way to get a leadership position. So, First is the counsel of God, the truth, thou shalt not covet. Second is, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, the counselor of truth? Third, it is happening in the church, which is the ground and the pillar of truth. When all these three comes in, the person dies. 
And all these things comes in, the person dies. You see, that's happening in the early church. All three, the counsel of God is there. Don't covet. What is your rightful due in a rightful time? God will give it to you. You don't have to compete in the house of God. Nobody can steal your blessing. You can only lose it yourself. Jacob, I have loved Esau, I have hated. From the womb we have been set apart. So what is yours is yours. You don't have to lie and deceive and cheat for it. You don't have to covet it because it is yours. If this is your inheritance, why are you coveting your inheritance? It's idiotic, right? And if it is not your inheritance, then why are you coveting it? So in this principle, all three principles are walking over here. They broke the counsel of God, the known counsel of God, right from the beginning, thou shall not covet. Second, they are rejecting the voice of the counselor who is convicting them. Don't do it. Don't do it. And what did they do? When the Holy Spirit convicted them, they lied to the Holy Spirit and saying, no, we really want to give it all. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Okay. And third, Peter is standing there. The church, this church is the pillar of truth. Anybody who gives should be gives only volunteers. No conscripts here. Whatever you do, you should do it out of your heart. That's the ground on which the apostolic church has happened. There are no... See, we in our church struggle to do so many things is because it's a volunteer church. If I say, you do this, you do this, you do this, and people will all come and um, some will be crying, I can't say no. Then they will try to hide from the pastor and what come late to church and also no. Three volunteers, three volunteers will do. Because the church is not conscripts. The church are volunteers. So there, everyone gave voluntarily. Nobody was forced. Because the Spirit of God is moving. So in the middle of it, two crooks come in. They covet, broke the counsel of truth. They lied to the counselor and they were judged at the ground of truth. The church is the ground of truth. What happened is, they die. Okay. Now this confrontation, Peter, confrontation is not a confrontation of the flesh, it's a confrontation of the spirit. He didn't say, why did you lie to me? He didn't say that. He's not offended, he's not upset, because it's got nothing to do with Peter. Because the spirit of God is telling him, and he says, you lie to the spirit of God. And if the Holy Spirit hadn't shown it to Peter, Peter would not have known. So it is not about Peter. It's about the Spirit of God who is the Lord of the church. So confrontation is not initiated by the flesh. The confrontation is initiated by the Spirit. And the thing says, dread filled him and he fell down dead. The woman also is given a chance because she comes Many hours later, she does not know her husband is dead. And she is also, because God is always merciful. The poor fellow, I think this is one of the first heart attacks recorded in the Bible. I think he had a heart attack. The Old Testament, it was Mr. Nabal. He had a heart attack. This man also had a heart attack and died over there. Could be true, okay? And in that kind of anointing and that kind of presence of God over there, fear is sadha. Men's heart shall fail because of fear. You look at words for, that is what happened to him. No. 
while it was not yours okay after it was also you have not lied to men and in your hearing these words fell down and breathed his last when he heard this he just his heart collapsed and he died okay so we need to understand this is what did the devil do the devil sold him a lie and he bought it he believed a lie you need to realize in this entire episode that is happening over here in the apostolic church <coughs> peter is not deceived the apostles are not deceived the church is not deceived the holy spirit is not deceived only ananias and sapphira is deceived self deception be doers of the word and not hearers alone thereby deceiving yourself that's how the devil does his work okay please understand this is how it works god this like if you are reading the daily readings no no the previous few days daily readings you will see god has created a world because it's not a random creation it's a very intricate creation based on laws okay because god is a very law abiding person that's the nature of truth okay so he has created everything and the principles of cause and effect cause and effect you and i cannot escape that law in galatians <coughs> chapter 6 and verse 7 the bible is very clear about it okay do not be don't let the hittite spirit fool you god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap you can't change this law you cannot plant apples and get bananas it's not possible you want apples you have to plant apples do not be deceived do not be deceived there's a law so ananias and sapphira cannot try try to fool god and the church and expect something else so now a lot of people do it but they don't understand harvest is not always immediate it's not always immediate it's not always immediate you and i have no power to change this law cannot be changed our only course is to live under the law obey this law the harvest if you go to words 8 he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption if you sow in the flesh you will reap corruption lot of young people when they when we tell them they don't listen it don't smoke don't smoke with the age of drugs don't do don't smoke no nothing will happen i can handle it by the time they are 30 35 the brains are fried now to get their thinking god has to do a specific miracle like elisekel did in the valley of bones because the mind is gone you sowed but at that time nothing is happening you drink you're getting a high you're getting a kick even this morning i'm talking to some texting somebody told him many times he is a very nice person but the problem is his home is a mess because he's a functional alcoholic <laughs> 
When did he start? When you were 16 or 17. How many times I told him, don't not have a church. Don't think, oh, now you are thinking which one, no? There are so many from other churches who call me and I love them. Because they are good people. But the problem is they don't listen. They sowed. It didn't happen. Immediately. Certain things don't happen. There is a season. There is a season. How long will it be the season? It's not the same for everybody. Some people are very lucky. Their first drink, head reels, they fall down, break their head and that is their last drink. He's a lucky man. Other fellow takes a drink, he's walking steady, nothing is happening and he's very proud, I can handle it. Fellow, you are the fool, the other fellow is lucky. So it does not work like white things. So all these things, if you sow in the flesh, what you reap is corruption. You cannot reap anything else. This is a law. If I sow in the flesh, I will reap corruption. I can't reap anything else. But because it is not happening, like Ananya's case and uh, Akan's case, some things will happen. It will take time. But it will happen. But he who Sows in the spirit. Sows in the spirit. Will of the spirit reap. Now we will say everlasting life. But anyone who has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ has passed from death to... No, that's not going talking about that. It's not talking about that life. He says he will reap a kind of life, a quality of life which God gives. I have come to give you life and life in abundance. His quality of life will be challenging. That life is a life which is able to handle any kind of pressure, like Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, because of what he has been sowing. So how do you know the Like It's like going to the gym. I go to the gym 20 kilos, that's enough. Another fellow comes, Moses will come and lift 100 kilos. So the weight each one lifts is the quality of their strength. Right? So your quality of life is tested by the trials you face. One, two, they follow. I am depressed. I am suicidal. What happened to you? And that one said, Phew, you're already gone. You need to understand. That's what he's talking about. But others have been sowing in the spirit and sowing in the spirit and sowing in the spirit. They don't realize inside something is happening. God is giving his life. God is giving. That's what I said. If you, that's why I said you always should have a red letter, red letter Bible. And you have to read Jesus and have to see every instant how Jesus handled crisis. And you will see the quality of his life. From the beginning, when he's a 12-year-old boy in the temple, to hanging on the cross, listen to his words. You will see this is a different life, how he's handling pressure. Pressure from his parents. Pressure from his brothers. Pressure from his disciples. Pressure from the Pharisees. Pressure from the kings. Everywhere, pressure, 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 pressure on the cross. Pressure from everybody. How does he handle this? It's because... All his life, he only sowed in the spirit. He never sowed in the flesh. So there was no corruption. Why is he able to go back to the prophetic psalm of David saying that my soul will not see corruption because he had never sowed in the flesh? 
If you and I had gone to Jesus' grave on the second day or the third day morning and dug it up or opened and said, you would have seen his body was exactly the way it was put in. There was no corruption at all. Because it couldn't be corrupted because he had never sowed in the flesh. This is what God is talking about. This is to what we are called. And the white spirit comes in. So, sow in the spirit. But if you sow in the flesh, it will produce its fruit. If you sow in the spirit, it will produce. So let no man be deceived. deceived. John 6.63 God has shown us. Right? <coughs> yeah. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh Prophets, nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That is why we say whenever you come to the hearing of the word of God, there is a spiritual preparation. Your flesh will not profit anything. Because the word of God is not for the flesh. The flesh despises it. Yesterday also during the sermon, how People are walking in and walking in and walking in. And I said, what's wrong with these kids? Why can't you sit there and listen? You know why? Because they have come in the flesh. It's just a, it's just an attendance. And it does not... It's same thing happens in the classroom. Children are forced to go to school. They don't like the subject. They don't listen to anything. But this, that is not life. That is a subject. This is life. This is life. This is everlasting life. God's kind of life. How can he give it? He says, my words are spirit and they are life. So if, if I don't receive his word, which is the seed, what do I have to sow? God is the one who gives the sower seed. If I have to sow something, I need the seed to sow. Right? So where do I receive the soul? You see it to sow. It's when I hear the word of God. I hear it and I realize this is the seed. I believe in it and I'm going to sow it. I am not just a hearer of it. I am what? A doer of it. When I am doing it, do you know what's happening? I'm sowing in the spirit. I'm sowing in the spirit. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits. You have to see this in the context of what we are looking at. That is how it happens. But the deceiving spirit is always there. Making us to sow in the flesh. Akan sowed in the flesh. And he thought nobody will see it. But he didn't realize the second generation is a spirit filled generation. It's not like the first generation. They are in one accord. They have come through all the trials of their forefathers without succumbing to the flesh like their fathers. They did not go the way of Egypt. They have come through the same experiences but reacted differently. So into that congregation came a man caught by the Hivite spirit. And he lost and his family lost. Into that congregation in the new covenant, a couple comes. And what happens? They are exposed. And that's what God is talking about. So we need to realize. So God shows us. So now everybody is staring at me with fearful faces. Because we all have sowed in the flesh. I have sowed in the flesh. You have sowed in the flesh. Everybody. So what is the solution? 1 John 1, 6 to 8. 
9 and 10. 6 to 10. Okay, go by way. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So first thing God says, the proof of everything is koinonia. Koinonia is the proof. Not fasting, not praying, not reading the word. If you do not, if I do not have fellowship with God, it's a real, fellowship is a real thing. Fellowship is a real thing. See, Peter had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he could see what was happening. If Peter has no fellowship, Peter wouldn't know what Ananias is doing. Peter wouldn't know what Ananias is doing. So, fellowship is a real thing. See, if I never talk to my wife, I never speak to my wife, I never spend my time with my wife, when I look at that expression, I will not know she is disturbed. When I look at her face and the what's up, the reason is because of koinonia. And as a shepherd, when I look at people's faces, right from there when I look at people's faces, it's because I know. I know it's because of koinonia. I know what's happening. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? And sometimes all one needs is one hug. I said, okay, you are having problems with your husband, right? Okay. Papa, Papa loves you. Thank you, Papa. You made my day. That's it. Because what does a woman need? If she doesn't get the love of her husband, she needs the love of her father. Who does she have? She has nobody. Because woman was made that way. She's under the covering of her father, then passed on to another man. If that man does not care, she needs, she goes back to her father. But if you are not in koinonia, so you need to realize, Joseph, even in the prison, is in koinonia. So he says, why are you upset? Why are you upset? And they said, we had a dream. We had a dream. He's in fellowship with God. Because the Bible says God was within in the prison. It is fellowship that makes things evident. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. If I am not in like last week when that thing happened. If I was not fellowship with God. There's a crisis happening. And there are so many places where this person can be. And I'm saying, Lord, where? And he gave me the name. Take him there. And I wrote immediately, said, take him to that place. Take him to that place. And when this person takes him to that place, and this is not even in this country, takes him to the place, he writes back and says, Pastor, in this place, everybody is listening to you. And yesterday, there I say, he's not doing well at all. So please send a prayer. You know what they said? Send a prayer for him. And for the doctors and the nurses, they ask for prayer. It's not this country. But if I go wrong, because I have no fellowship, the patient ends up in the wrong place. Where they are hardened to this thing. Oh, you Christians, okay, let us kill them. Fellowship matters. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We lie. Why? We swallowed a lie. We are deceived. And we lie. And we do not practice. The, we are under deception. The white spirit has taken us over. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, what happens? One, you have fellowship with God. Two, you have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, this is a continuous thing. You see, what Shall we have that song? No. What can 
Wash away my sin. Nothing. But do you know how it happens? It happens in fellowship. When you don't have fellowship, the blood doesn't work. Oh, I can't stand that sister. I'm not talking to The blood stops working. The church is koinonia. That is where the blood works. You cannot live in a church and hold grudges. Cannot. Because what happens is the blood stops cleansing you. Because the purpose of the cleansing of the blood is for koinonia. Understand that's how it works. Okay. I don't talk to my wife. I'm very angry. Seven days I'm sulking. The blood stops working. Because the purpose of the blood is to see that there is koinonia. The proof that the blood is working is koinonia. That is the evidence. I have to understand. And look, okay, now don't get worried because solution is there. <laughs> okay. If we say we have no we deceive ourselves. We say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. What is not in us? The truth is not in us. So you always will say, if the truth is not in us, what is in us? Lie. And what is nine? <coughs> if. See, this is the solution. If we confess our sins. This is where you need a way out, right? <laughs> Poor Akkan did not have a way. Son, confess. He confessed and he got executed. Then the question is, why was he made to confess? So he eternally he is not lost. You know the Supreme Court or any court sentences a man to death. Let us say in US, not Indian context, US sentence. And before his death, the priest comes. If you see the old cowboy movies where the immediate justice and hang this hang and the scaffold, everything is made. But before he is hung, the preacher is there. Preacher is there. He's given a chance to confess. Not that execution is going, not going. It will take place. He will be hung. But he's given. And sometimes if you look, they will be asked, do you have anything to say to this crowd who has come to watch? And some of them will stand up and they will say, this is what I did. This is my counsel to all young men. Don't go my way. I sowed. I reaped. And he confesses. And then he dies. But eternally he is safe. So there is two thieves on Jesus' side. One fellow is totally deceived. One fellow's eyes open. Both are executed. One is eternally saved. One is eternally damned. If we Confess. If we confess, He is faithful just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, let me put the rider here. So, when you I and I confess, eternally we are cleansed. Temporarily, consequences may continue to follow. I have sinned. Your sin has been taken away, but the sword will not depart your house. Eternally, David, no record in heaven. Temporarily, your children will reap the harvest. You sowed in the wind, you will reap a whirlwind. 
if they have to escape it. Each one personally had to stand up and acknowledge Christ. Then they will come out. The father bit the sour grapes, but the children's teeth won't be set on edge. But if they choose, they also go start biting sour grapes, their teeth also will be. But each one. So you can have uh, Adonijah and uh, Absol, all and Tamar. But Solomon turned out straight. He turned out straight. His teeth was not set on edge. So each one is given a choice. But you can't change the consequences. So we need to understand how it happens. Some cases it does. So we cannot say with 100% accuracy, I have confessed, I have repented, so this, the, the consequences will not follow. Cannot say. Because you already sowed already sold. Okay? But you can do. There are a lot of principles. Spiritual principles are there. Okay? Don't get uh, scared. One of the principles is what um, God speaks through John the Baptist. If you want to stop what you sowed producing in future, lay the axe at the root. Lay the axe at the root. So the tree is... So when Jesus cursed the fig tree, it is written, it dried up from the roots. It will never produce again. Okay? Never. So these are things which we need to ask. Wherever you have sowed, you say, Lord, I confess, forgive me, I believe what you are saying. Lord, let it dry up from the roots. Produce nothing in my life or anybody's life. Let it dry up. How? This is the way. Otherwise, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Okay? Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Go back. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And then in verse 9, is the advice. What is the counsel? Let us not grow weary while doing good. Nobody grows weary doing evil. Because usually the results are immediate. You drink, you get a high. You smoke, you get a high. Results are immediate. But doing good, you don't see results. And in doing good, people get weary. For in due season, there is a season set by God. We don't know when that season is. So don't grow weary. In doing the right thing, don't grow weary. Because you know what? We shall reap. Because the harvest you are expecting is the life of God. The life of God. It is not what you It is you are reaping in the spirit. It's the life of God. So you keep on sowing. Because when the harvest comes, you should be able to handle the harvest. And that is why this season is given. You look at every man in the Bible. 13 years for Jesus. Sowing in the spirits. In extremely terrible situations. Not growing weary. Sowing, sowing, sowing. Then one day when the harvest comes, he's 
plucked from slavery and put as prince. Now he is able to bear the weight of the harvest because man has been formed inside. David may be 16 or 13 or whatever many years, we do not know. You're chasing by his enemy whom he loves, never retaliates. He runs and runs and by the time the harvest comes, he's got the character to handle the harvest. Elisha, 18 years serving Elijah, serving Elijah, serving Elijah, but the day Elijah is taken away, he begins where Elijah finished because he has got the weight to handle the harvest. So Bible says don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. While doing good. Don't grow weary. Lord, why Lord, how long Lord I have to wait. God knows. Even his own son. When he was 30, he was present. People grow weary. I said, people do not grow weary in doing evil. They don't grow weary because in the flesh results are tangible. If there is no result, they will not do it. They go for something else. Hmm? Oh, whiskey I used to like. Now it doesn't. Now I need rum. Options are many. Evil, you know, perversity increases. That's a problem with evil. Okay, But with good, it's usually very boring. There is no appreciation. Because you are asked to do it in secret so that your flesh will not take credit. Okay? Flesh will not take credit. And then when it is made public by God, your flesh has died so the credit doesn't affect you. Because it cannot be always hidden. It will become public. Your works will become public. The Bible says God will make it known. So by the time Joseph is known, it doesn't affect his flesh at all. When a 30-year-old young boy from the prison is made governor, it doesn't go into his head. It doesn't go into his head. When David is made king, it doesn't go into his head. Later when Absalom takes, and all the people say all kind of stuff, it doesn't. If You see, when Saul, one set of women sang a song, which was patently false, it upset him, because he has no character to handle it. When Shimmai threw stones, he said, leave him alone. Maybe this is what God wants. It doesn't upset David. Why? Because he has character and the other man does not have character. Both are kings. And that's what God is talking about. Do not grow weary in doing good. Lord, when is my season? God says, I know your season. Your season is not one, when you can handle the weight of my glory. Second, when others offend you, you won't be offended. You won't be offended. They may mock you. They may scoff you. Look at the scoffing Jesus is receiving from the time he's arrested till he dies on the cross. Listen to what they are saying and what they are doing. He's not upset at all. Yet he has the power to prove everyone wrong. And he doesn't use it because he's got character. That is what God is talking about. We shall reap if we do, do not lose heart. Jesus did not lose heart. So in Philippians, Paul says, Therefore, the Father has exalted him to the highest place and given him a name above all names. So don't get deceived. 
Don't get fooled. Because that is how the enemy traps people. The Hivite spirit is actually the most powerful spirit. It will continue. Even Jesus to rule with the saints on planet earth for a thousand years before that rule can become prosperous and peaceful, he has to bind that deceiving spirit and lock him for a thousand years. And after a thousand years when he is unlocked, he still comes and deceives everybody. So we need to understand how powerful. So simple principle, start each day and bind that spirit. Don't grow weary. Don't give in to the white spirit. Because Every sin is the fruit of deception. Every sin is the fruit of deception. With Akan, with Safira, Ananias, or David. How were they deceived? I won't get caught. I won't get caught. Hmm? See, like I said, we all learned this earlier. He had the Hivite spirit as a child. That was the most powerful spirit in a child. This is a Hivite spirit. And then you had the sword of truth in your mother. I started love. This sweet tooth started because we did not always get fresh milk. So it was always condensed milk. And you know how tasty condensed milk is. So during the break, 10 minute break, I run home and condensed milk and I run back to the class. After some time, my mother started marking the bottle. She knows there's something wrong here. The level is coming down. (laughs) (laughs) Amul milk powder is tasty. See? Condensed milk is tasty. You know? But you're always careful because you know the level after some time. You will know. But you do not know there is a sword of the spirit waiting on this side. And said, did you take? Okay. And the executioner was the father. I'm let your father come in the evening. You see, the spirit was always there. Always, like I said, it. everything I can remember in my childhood, starting with my bath, because the water was cold, to the things which I liked, to reading storybooks, study time, everything the Hittite spirit was ruling. It's ruling. And the root of sin is deception. And what is the thing? Whether it is Akan, David or Ananias, I won't get caught. You see, after David took Bathsheba to the lengths the Hittite spirit worked to cover it, everything was to cover it. What did the level that spirit worked in him to call Uriah and said, go drink, feeling so nice, go to your wife, then made him drunk, why don't you go? Everything, including the letter, everything is the Hittite spirit. So it doesn't matter whether you are Akan or David. How that spirit, no, works. Matthew 4, 3 and 4. When the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. What is the simple thing? How the white spirit works? If you are hungry and it is available, just take it. 
If it feels good, it can't be bad. When you sit in the dentist chair, you will know that everything that felt good is now bad. Let's see. The deceiver, if it feels good, you're hungry, it feels good, it's there. And Jesus answered, no, that's not the truth. The truth is this, man shall not live by bread alone. When man lives by the principle of satisfying his need alone, he's deceived. He shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The counselor. If he is going to be a need-based, this is problem of the 20th century church. It is called seeker-friendly church. You come to church, they will give you a form. Tell us what you liked and what you didn't like. We will change it. You know what? They are going by the tempter's principle. And finally, the whole church is enjoying themselves in deception. Worship is to make you feel good. Word is to make you feel good. Prayer is to make you feel good. And prophecy after prophecy coming to make you feel good. Why? You believed a lie. If it feels good, it can't be wrong. Verse 5 and 6. The devil took him up in the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. God wants me to be happy and no pain at all. Do try jumping and see you will break your leg. This is the gospel that is being preached. No pain, no sorrow, only wealth, health. This is the gospel. From verse 6, the tempter comes and says, and when you take it, you are deceived. Because we believe, like you cannot have suffering. No. Yes, Jesus took his suffering, but I share in his sufferings. I cannot skirt it. Because if I skirt it, I will not reign with him. Because it is suffering and trials and testings that confirm me to the image of Christ. Otherwise, I, how will I know I have become like Christ? If I am not tested, how will I know? Like I always my usual, uh, usual, uh, no, example. If my wife is a cherub, um, seraphim and my children are cherubim, I will think I am an archangel. But when my wife is like Job's wife and my children are like Ellie's children, I will realize I am worse than them. The old nature comes out. I manifest myself. What showed who I was? Like we said in the old story, God only told you to pick up your cross. The nails and the hammers will be provided on the way. That is why koinonia was the most incredible thing that is happening in Acts chapter 2. Because this is a disparate group of people. Rich people, poor people, noble people, illiterate people. 
all coming as a family. That's not what happens in your workplaces. When I taught in a college, all were educated with a certain level of degree. And when Pastor Vijay was teaching in the IIIT, all set of students who have finished their undergraduation in engineering and all the professors have, it's one set of people which are similar. Church is not. All kinds of people come. That's what he told Peter. And Peter said, no, he said, put the net down and put all kinds of animals, unclean things. God said, kill and eat. He said, I don't, I only eat kosher. God says, what I have cleansed, don't call it. A church is a group of desperate thieves who got saved, prostitutes who got saved, robbers, all kinds of people come. But they have been cleansed by the blood. And God says, have koinonia. There's a story of an actual church in the U.S. where evangelism was going out and one prostitute, a small town, everybody knew the prostitute. She got saved. That Sunday, she came to church. She's dressed like that. She doesn't know anything else. And this is a very kosher Baptist church. And the bus went. And everybody turned. And, looked at this thing. and she saw the last pew was empty. So the edge near the door, she sat down. There is a hush. And worship is going on, but there is a hush because of who has come down. The oldest elder in the church got up and he went and sat beside her and held her hand. Koinonia. You got saved. It doesn't matter where you came from. If any man or woman is in Christ Jesus, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You and I share the same life, no different life, same life. That's why the church is different. Churches are not clubs with similar interests. Literary club, arts club, music club, you know. No, it is not. And that is why I say you can have your fellowship in church, but your fellowship should not be because you are interested in the same topic. You are sharing life. Three doctors in the church. Doctors get together and talk medicine. Four engineers. Engineers stand together and talk automation. And then four students who are studying talk about their subject. That's not fellowship. That is shared interest. That happens in colleges. That happens in sports arenas. That happens in clubs. We are not talking about that. We are talking about sharing life. The common life of Christ that is in us. So don't get deceived. Because what does the devil say? Oh, jump. Nothing will happen to you. He will not let your foot dash the ground. Jesus said, no. Dad said, go through the cross. That's not the way life works. And people believe this lie. Believe this lie. And they get deceived. No. Truly it is said in English, no pain, no gain. Okay. Mark 4.19 Cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. That is the problem. Like we're talking to somebody also this week. We're telling the issue with mammon is mammon has an Ill, inbuilt deception. Okay, it, it, it deceives. Very rarely in the Bible 
I only see a few people in the Bible who could actually handle wealth and not be deceived. Actually handle. Because the problem with riches is riches brings unconsciously or consciously a level of independence from God. While we are supposed to be dependent on God. That is why, see, we will ask this question, then you will go, go to this thing. Mm, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Or then you will say, yeah, you know why? Because then automatically stock market comes in. Give and it shall be given to you, pressed and shaken together. That's not what it means. Because the more you give, the more you will have to be dependent upon God. Do you know one of Charles Stanley's last words before he died? In heaven you will not be judged by what you received. In heaven you will be received by what you gave. He died last week, 90 years old. The incredible man of God stood there all those years. Okay. Look at his last, one of his last words. You are not judged by what you received. You are judged by what you gave. You gave. And this is the deceitfulness of riches. It deceives. No? When God has promised us daily bread, that was the first lesson they had to learn in the wilderness daily bread. Okay, and they should have been okay. I mean, think about it night. No? If somebody comes and says, children, simply study, get a job, work hard, get a job. But don't worry, every month, this much amount will automatically be credited in your account. Tension goes. Right? Tension goes. These people are getting food every day free, but they are totally discontent. To us, God has said, give us this day our daily bread. People are still walking on tender hooks. On the other hand, if God gives them two months bread in one day, they are very happy. So you didn't actually believe God. This is the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, I am very, I am very happy today. I am very at peace today. But if you probe further, you will realize this man got a chunk of money and he is crediting it to peace. God did not say that is peace. Paul is sitting in the, in the prison and he's got more peace than all the people outside put together. Where does his peace come from? Because he was never deceived by riches. He says, I know how to abound. I know how to abase, but I am content. This is how riches brings deceitfulness because you, you connect contentment or security or peace to the amount of money you have. Or the lack of this because you don't have money. But it's nothing, none of these things are connected to, in the kingdom, connected to money. And that's the first statement the two disciples make when they step out. Gold and silver we do not have because one man is looking at them. All he's looking for is money. They looked at him and said, okay, what you're looking, we don't have. Gold and silver we do not have. But what we have, we have something, what we have, we give it to you. Get up now, in the name of Jesus. So they had something, but it was not gold and silver. So they were not deceived by gold and silver. 
That's exactly what happened to Gehazi. Gehazi is living with a man, man, being bendered by a man, serving a man. In his heart, there is, mammon cannot deceive him. He is being offered tons of gold from Syria for a miracle that took place. He said, I don't want it. The other fellow runs after him. Elisha said, my spirit went before you. He asked him, is this a time? Is this a time? Deceived. That's what happened to David. He also got deceived. And that's what Uriah is asking. My Lord, my master, Job is in the field. The army of Israel is in the field. The ark is in the tent. And you want me to go to the house? In the context of pleasure. I said, pleasure has deceived you. I will not allow pleasure to deceive me because this is the time of war. Another man, this is the time of war. Money has deceived you. Is this the time to get money? Elisha is asking Jehaz, is this the time to get money? You get deceived. You get deceived. This is how the Hivite spirit works. The Hivite spirit can take different forms and trap us. The problem is, once we are trapped, you sow in deception. Gehazi sowed in the flesh. But because it was instant judgment, he went out from the presence of Elisha, white love. He says, it will be upon you. Naman's leprosy will be upon you and your generations. He reaped corruption. His generations reaped corruption. Think about his great-great-grandson. The story is passed in the family. Child is born. He's all white patches. He grows up and his his friends ask, Why are your patches like this? Because my great-great-grandfather was Elisha's disciple. He ran after money. This is what I got. Deceived by money. The deceitfulness of riches. So the white spirit will deceive us. And we have to be very, very careful. First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Another way. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Simple, simple. Shall I explain to you simple? So that you can, because it sounds very complex, you know. What is this rebellion and stubbornness and iniquity and idolatry? So many complex words come. Simple. Rules don't apply to me. I am king. Rules don't apply to me. I am king. Rules don't apply to me. I am pastor. I can come 30 minutes after service starts. No, I am before time. I ask every Sunday I fight with my wife. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Poor thing at her age, she has issues. So I said, okay, but get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Don't want to be late. I don't want to be late. Don't want. And always threaten. I'll take a cab and go next time. I don't do that because only two of us are there. No, no, I am pastor. I can. I see so many pastors coming late to church because they think the rules don't apply to them. Now, just one example. Okay, go to Mark, mm. Matthew, three, Matthew three, thirteen to fifteen. 
And Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. And Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He says, the rule applies to me too. I am under the same rule. Everybody enters the church by baptism. I am, I am the church. So I enter the church with my wife through baptism. It applies to me too. They came to collect taxes. Jesus said, do king's sons pay taxes? They said, no. But to fulfill righteousness. Let us pay. But then, I don't have money. I have the inclination, but I don't have money. Revelation. Peter, you do go over there, put your net, this thing over there. You will get a fish, the first fish. There's enough money for you and me. That is revelation. Because your heart is right. You are not a rebel. You are obedient. Rules apply to me. I am not stubborn. I am not stubborn. No. This is how he got deceived. Who got deceived? Saul got deceived. David later gets received, I am king. So all the gentle kings are doing it. So the rules don't apply to me. God said, rules apply to you. The kings of Israel were different from the other kings. One of the mandatory things they had to have was the book of the law. Meditate upon it. So see that you are under the law. Kings were not exempt from the law. But people live as if rules don't apply to us. And you are deceived. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. The Bible says, those of us who live by the Spirit fulfill the law. That's what Romans 8 says. We fulfill the law. The law has taken away. We are fulfilling the law by walking in the Spirit of the law because we are saying... I am not exempt. I am actually under. I will not be deceived. I will not be deceived. I will not be deceived. So God says, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Way out. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man with gross Corrupt according to the deceitful lust. The old man is the man who before you were born again. The old man is there. The fellow is full of lust. The nature of this lust is, these lusts are all deceitful. And the problem is, it grows more and more and more and more and more corrupt. It is, the best way to explain it is using alcohol. Okay, If you are a young man, when you drink, you drink a peg, you get a high. Okay? A little later, one peg does not give you the same high. Your tolerance level has grown. So you need two pegs to get the same high. People who are non-alcoholics who see him will thinking he is drinking too much. But they don't realize he has to drink this more to get the high which he had in the beginning. 
By the time he's 40, 50 years, the high he got through one pick at 17, he needs a bottle. That is the nature of the old man. He's growing more and more and more and more and corrupt. So age does not change him. He becomes worse. <coughs> worse. According to the deceitful lust. The old man. Now let us go there. Galatians, like I said, it's Monday morning is teaching. And then we will pray. Chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Detailed list is given. The old man deceitful lusts. Okay. Now the works of the flesh are which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Usually people stop with the first two and think the rest is kosher. That's a problem. Whenever you see work of the flesh, oh it is adultery and it is fornication. No, there's a whole list. Uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outwards of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and there are more, and the like. Let's listen carefully. The issue is this. Every one of them is deceitful. Every one of them is deceitful. And if you walk in any one of them, walk in any one of them, you you get deceived. That's why I said people only look at the first two. All you need is to be an angry person. Outbursts of wrath. All you need is that. You look at the people in the Bible. We need to understand its nature never changes. Time does not change it. Personality does not change it. Did you get it? Lust in a wanton sinner. Lust in a saint. The nature is the same. the same. He's the same. Lust in Samson, lust in David, the man after God's own heart, the nature is the same. It has the power to destroy. Oh, lust is in David, so it must be holy lust. No, it is the same lust. Oh, that lust will sing psalms. No, it did not sing at all. That is how it works. Deceitful. Deceitful. Anger in a reprobate demon-possessed king in king called King Saul and anger in a man to whom God spoke face to face had the same capacity to destroy whether it was godly Moses or a reprobate soul, the anger did the damage because they did not put a handle of it. Moses got deceived by it. Saul got deceived by it. Nature doesn't change. Personality does not change the nature of it. That is how it works. That is why this white spirit is so. So God is dealing with all these things in us. We will ask, why did God 
put Moses in the backside of the desert for 40 years, un- living in his father-in-law's house to deal with that spirit of anger. Because he knew he had chosen him, but he's a very angry man. At 40, if he had led the children of Israel the first time complain, he would have killed them all. <laughs> because he grew in the palace, he had never heard anybody say no to him. There are people who have so self-willed, they have to have their way or no other way. And when they are given power, they destroy it. And that's Moses. He grew in the, in the, and he's the smartest of the princes, mighty in words and in deeds. And such a man who's got a short temper becomes a leader. Can you understand what is the state of the people? So God put him there and says, stay there in a humiliating situation, very humiliating situation. Forty years later, he's a meek. Nobody automatically becomes meek. There is no gift of meekness. No. He was that doesn't mean if you stay in your father-in-law's house for 40 years you become meek either. You can become as crooked as your father-in-law called Laban. <laughs> Jethro was a high priest and Midian was a good man. A smart man, wise man, righteous man. But what if your father-in-law is Laban? Both are deceiving each other. So please know this. Time will not change. Personality will not change. You have to drive out that nation called Hivite nation. That spirit, you have to, we have to choose to drive it out. Because it will not change. Because I have become now a good salt and pepper. No, it does not change with salt and pepper. It is still the same. These have to be taken out. Second Samuel, chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. Now there was famine in the days of David for three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is because of Saul and his bloodthirsty house, because he killed the Gibeonites. Father. So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of a remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel had sworn to protection to them. Remember when it had happened? Joshua, Gibeonite destroyed the Hivites. Saul had sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Verse 3. Therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And with what shall I make atonement that you may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said, We will have no silver or gold from Saul or from his house, nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. So he said, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Listen to what they are saying in verse 4. We don't want gold. Verse 4. We don't want gold. We don't want silver. And nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. And verse 5. Then they answered the king, Okay, then they answered the king, as for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the king chose. And the king said, I will, 
what did they say and what did they ask? They still deceived David. They still deceived David. And David said, take seven, seven sons of Saul except from Ephesopoth and they were hung. So that, how many years have passed? Joshua's time. Judges 450 years. Then Samuel, Saul. This nature of that spirit does not change. It is still a deceiving spirit. So time doesn't change the spirit. Personality does not change the spirit. Education does not change the spirit. You only become a very educated, deceitful person. You become smarter in deception. So it's called white collar crime. Blue collar crime. Now the thieves are not going in the night. They are sitting before computers. They are very better than most people on computers because they know how to steal online. To steal online you have to be very good. Luke 4.13 Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until and so you need to realize these spirits are very good. They will wait for the opportune time. Opportune time. We will look at one and then we shall close. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 onwards. Sorry, 6, not 6. Not 16, 6. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John, bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and a holy man, and he protected him. When he heard him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Then an opportune day came. Day came. Opportune day came. When Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles, the high officers and the chief men of Galilee. What happens? Herodias' daughter herself came in undanced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him. So the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. Opportune time. The white spirit is waiting. He also swore to, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. So she went and said to her mother, what shall I ask? Mother said, the head of John the Baptist. What happened? Immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Now what? The king was deceived and seduced by the dance. He opened his mouth and made an oath in front of everybody. Whatever you ask, I'll give it to you up to half the kingdom. You are deceived. Now he cannot take it back. Hmm. He cannot take it back. Cannot 
take it back. The king was exceedingly sorry, yet because of the oaths and because of those, this is exactly what happened in Joshua's time. They came from far away, looking old and moldy bread. We have come far away, taste our rituals, and they said they did not, oh, these poor people, they are from far away. And without asking, they made a covenant with them. After they were covenant with them, they realized these people are from close by, but you cannot break your covenant. They got deceived. <coughs> they got deceived. Same thing here. He opened his mouth and said, up to half my kingdom. As soon as he said, this girl comes and says, give me that man's head. He got deceived. Devil waits for opportune. The white spirit will wait for the opportune time. To be careful. Have to be careful. Jose 10 and verse 13. He will speak through all his prophets. You have plowed in wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies. Can I have it in NIV? You have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. Why? Because you have eaten the fruit of deception. Why did you plant evil? Wickedness. Oh, you planted wickedness, but you did not know. Now you are reaping evil. But how did it all start? You ate the fruit of deception. Ate the fruit of deception. Because you have dependent on your own strength. On your own strength. You get it? We are facing a crisis. They are facing a situation over here. It's uh, They are at war with the nations and the, the cities and the nations in this country. They are, and there is one group of people, they don't know head or tail about them, come over there. And it looks everything. But they did not ask of the Lord. They used their five senses, their understanding. Like I said, three to one, overruled three to two. I can't see voices like Jacob, but smell, taste, and touch is Esau. So three to one, overruled board resolution passed, blessed. <laughs> Everybody know. <laughs> All four in the family got deceived. Isaac got deceived. Jacob got deceived. Esau got deceived. Rebecca got deceived. Same thing here. When we are in a situation, whether you know it or don't know it, but Jesus, it is written, he will not judge by what he sees or what he hears. That is why the counselor is given. The counsel, the word of God is given and the church is given. In the multitude of counselors, there are churches given, pastors are given, elders are given. Because you know what, like I was telling somebody yesterday, last night till 9 o'clock I was telling, when the Lord called me into ministry, he called to me, me personally. Now when he speaks to you, he called me into ministry. It's such a huge call. I mean, you're scared because you step out, you know little scripture by now. You step out, there is no going back. You put your hand on the plow, there is no turning back. You can change jobs, careers, everything. Ministry, call is a very fearful thing. So what did I do? I took off for 30 days. I went home. Before I went home, I talked to the senior, my close friends in the church. 
each one separately so don't talk to each other this is what i want to tell you god is speaking to me something i am not telling you what it is but because i know you care for me we are in koinonia we care for me i want you to fast for me pray for me when i come after 30 days tell me what did you hear 30 days later i came back each one told me separately the lord is calling you out for full time ministry why because there is safety there is safety but if you depend on your own strength depend upon your own strength you will be deceived you have eaten the fruit of deception why because you have depended on your own strength okay remember when joshua lost to i there are two things that happened one he went from jericho not from gilgal gilgal is a place where you have been circumcised emptied reproach jericho is the place of your victory he went from jericho second he didn't seek the counsel of god he said a small town take 3000 people and do it got beaten nicely next time he goes he goes from gilgal every day when you wake up gilgal has to be real every day when you wake up it is your baptism's reality when did your baptism take place maybe 20 years ago but that is where you begin reckon yourself dead meaning i am not depending upon anything till yesterday it's a new day challenges are new deception is new amorite spirit is there evite spirit is there hittite spirit is there lord without you i cannot do anything i am entirely that is why the son of man when he came in the flesh early in the morning when it was still dark he would rise and fall on his face before his father why because these spirits would not deceive him therefore it is written the ruler of this world has come and he has found nothing in me has found nothing in me has found nothing in me and we have to keep these things in our hearts because this spirit is a more for me personally understanding scripture and understanding life the most powerful spirit is the hivite spirit because that is how satan has deceived the whole world whole world he deceives the hivite spirit and we get deceived when the deception gets in you know you can walk in deception for years you don't even realize and during that season you don't even know one day later you will turn back and say david must have said how could i have done these things what got into me what god even god is asking david what got into you how did you get so deceived okay this is why we have to be very very careful that is why the bible says if any man thinks he is something let him know he is nothing because he deceives himself deceives himself honestly it is just not a confession it has to be a reality that without god i am actually nothing one two there is nothing good in me that flesh not thing good 
and you don't have to look in that list of major fearful things any one of that small things is enough to deceive you one thing called dissension you know what dissension is dissension is which makes brothers fight in a family man koinonia is broken that one thing is enough you are deceived now you are standing in self righteousness i did it for the truth no you did not do it for the truth truth does its work differently you got deceived you got deceived you need to realize dissensions in every home and every church is caused by deception deception and we have to be very very careful about these things because this divide spirit destroys individuals families churches and nations nations americas you have to read america's history us history how the white man deceived the american tribes how the american tribes deceived the white man how the white man deceived the spanish the mexicans of the Mex- it was entirely deception and truth treaty after treaty was broken nations and civilizations are built on deception and we waste our time studying history history is deception which is true ask why is it called unrighteous mammon do you really know most of the rich people in this world have got their money through deception they have got their money through deception because if you really work hard you will not really become rich so the only way, all the zamindars in india have deceived the poor and taken the land of the poor for alcohol for this thing got them to side the patas and took it all very few people bought it with giving hard earned white money everything is deception and all the people sitting in power are set up deceived deceivers so what do they do they will never tax agriculture ask this question why not when people hold 1000 acres 2000 why don't you tax them they are all one group it is an this whole babylon is built on deception we don't understand how it works that is why paul says pete mein khana kapda be content godliness with contentment is a great thing everyone who tries for the quick buck has pierced himself with many sorrows because of the deceitfulness of riches till this morning rich people write to me i want to die i don't want to go to hell 
I wanted to reply back. You know the difference between you and me. You have everything and nothing. I have nothing and everything. Because he who has the son has life. Okay. So let God prosper you. When God prospers a man, he adds no trouble to it. No ED comes after you. No IT comes after you. No CBI comes after you. No FBI comes after you because they have nothing to come after you. Mm-hmm. That is what Abraham said. I have lifted my hand to the Almighty God. I will not take even a thong from your sandal. Otherwise, you, lest you say, you prospered me. Cut this thing of the deceitful of wealth. But Lot was captured by the Hivite spirit and he went back to Sodom. And his end we know. Deceived. Deceived. You could ask. That is the point is I should open, right? Uncle has risked his life, brought him back. His so Melchizedek coming, offering bread and wine. Sodom's king Bera comes, refuses everything. Boy, his eyes should open. Totally deceived. Goes back to Sodom. This spirit is not a small spirit. Fight it every day. Every day. Like I said, don't assume things. If you want to know who you really are, ask God. He never lies. And don't get upset if he calls you a wretched man. Because he told Laodicea, you are wretched. <laughs> you are poor. You are naked. You are blind. You should fall on your face and say, Lord, thank you for the city scan. I didn't know I was that. That God who gives that in, indictment is still saying, I'm standing. Do you know what? Listen carefully. What did he say? Knock at the door and knock. And if you open, I will come and? Koinonia. God is willing to have koinonia with somebody who is wretched, poor, blind, and naked. If you just turn. That's why we have to understand this God. We don't understand who He is. We don't understand who He is. You know, we will only get discouraged and depressed. But when you look at who He is, and He says, the Son of Man came to give us life. And when to get His life, I have to put off, drive out these nations. I have to do it in his power, in his might. I have to put it off. And then what? I have to put it on. Put on. I have to put on, put off, put on, drive these nations out. And then settle in that place with the life. Otherwise that fellow who was driven out, he comes back and he finds it is clean. That is good. Empty. So he goes and brings seven others more. Everywhere these seven nations come back. He brings seven others. Maybe the fellow who was driven out was the fellow on the other side of Jordan called the Amalekite. You draw out the Amalekite. And the Amalekite comes back and says, Sorry, this fellow is empty. He goes and brings these seven nations and gets into it. Now you have the Hittite and the Amorite and the Hivite and every ite has come. And ultimately you become a parasite. Why did you do? You 
draw out, yes, but you'll keep yourself empty. Don't keep yourself empty. Fill yourself with God. Fill yourself with God. The counselor is there. Fill yourself with the word. Fill yourself with the spirit. Don't keep yourself idle. Don't keep yourself idle. Joanna, don't keep yourself idle. Keep yourself busy, okay? If you have nothing to do, put that thing and start dusting your house, okay? Keep yourself busy. Hmm? So mommy will say, good girl. Okay? That's what children should do. If you sit idle, the devil will come like this. Idle mind is the devil's workshop. Do you know devil has a workshop? Actually, he doesn't have a workshop. He has only tools. He's looking for a workshop. So when he sees children whose mind is idle, he gets in and starts working. He has all the tools with him. He needs a workshop. That's why people should not be idle. Okay? Let's have Peter. At least Joanna got that message. No? Understood perfectly, right? Battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. In heavenly armor we'll enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us shall stand. Battle belongs to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the comes in like a flood battle belongs to the Lord yes it raise up the stand of the power of his blood the battle belongs to the Lord when the power of darkness when the power of darkness comes in like a flood the battle belongs to the Lord yes he raise up the stand of the Do the 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, this morning we come to you, Lord. We come to you and stand, Lord, in your presence, the strength of your word, the counsel of your Holy Spirit. And we want to be true people, Lord. There's so much of untruth in us. Still there, Lord. For if any man say he's without sin, he makes God a liar. There is so much still in us. Let God be true. And every man a liar. Help us to battle those lies in us. For the worst deception, O Lord, is self-deception. This morning, Father, I commit myself, we commit ourselves. We look at the externals. But you first look at the heart. Then only look at the outside. You looked at Cain first, then at his offering, and he rejected. Samuel looked at the outward appearance of Jesse's sons, but you looked at their heart, and they were all deceived. But when David came, you looked at his heart, and you received him. Because he was a man after God's own heart. And therefore he always saw truth in the inward parts. That truth is what can set us free. We continue this battle towards liberty. The word of God says when any man turns to Christ, the veil is lifted. And where the Lord is the Spirit. There is liberty. Peter had liberty that day in the church in Jerusalem because the Spirit was the Lord. He rejected a big offering because the Lord at that day's service was the Holy Spirit. us to battle the spirit the Hivite spirit it never leaves it waits in the shadows Hmm. waiting for the opportune time Hmm. deliver us Lord on our own we can never overcome any of this but through Christ Jesus and through him alone we can do all things mm. sanctify us Lord yes please and Israel was deceived sanctify the command was sanctify yourself tomorrow remove that accursed thing from your midst yes Lord and victory will come back again. Yes, Lord. Yes. Sanctify us, Lord. Sanctify us. Anything that is accursed, that we have hidden in our hearts, in our lives, which no one knows, but you see, 
that stops the victorious march of Christ in our lives. Help us to root it out. So your victory may flow into our lives again. Touch Lord today. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. Thank you. And I pray that no one grow weary in doing good. No one grow weary. Thank you Lord. Thank you. We bless your holy name Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Once again, we declare in your house, Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. God's people said, Amen. Amen.